0: Log Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike. Production. Up on the track, is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again, cutting into the margin,
1: but it's McWickett four years later, back at the top of the sport. <coughs> Homicide Hunter who sweeps fast to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line
0: 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Gideon!
1: So Dewey did done
2: good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walker Meister coming at him. Walker
0: Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walker Meister in front.
1: Gideon! Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rockin' Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rockin' Ron, bit of a legend. On the outside, bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23
0: and 1. Homeward bound in gold cup and soccer. 59 somewhere. Penty rocking in heaven. Rose runs west. Here is the French Connection! The alerts have won it! Fine! Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now caviar alley in full gear outside. Sharten started a feeling. Caviar and Alley all out. Sharten digging deep. Sharten's gonna dig.
3: You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing post-time with Mike and Mike, with co-host Mike Carter.
0: Foiled
1: again! Holds on to win! Foiled again! Tough as nails!
3: And Mike Bozich.
0: The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy
1: TVG weekend at the Meadowlands always brings its surprises, but Mike Bozich, I'll tell you what, we've got three retirees coming up. It's going to be more like a retirement ceremony than a stakes night at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment. You've got Pokes Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Tronic Association and Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and Mike. It's going to be Retirement Central at the Meadowlands this weekend.
3: Yeah, can you believe that? And the breaking news, uh, just coming over the wire about uh, 20, 25 minutes ago, I saw the USDA and the harness Racing fans share this on Facebook. Mick Wicked will be racing for the last time at the Meadowlands coming up on Saturday. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, if you look up and down this card, it's just an unbelievable card, Mike, uh, especially for this late in the season. You know, you've got uh, a lot of rivalries, I think that are going to be renewed here. It's just going to be a great, great day coming up after the Midlands Greg Mott, I should say, on Saturday. And, Mike, we got you covered, buddy, because we're going to be talking to a lot of the participants that will be uh, taking place in this big card coming up on Saturday.
1: How about Horse of the Year honors on the line mm-hmm. at Midlands Racing and Entertainment? You've got Manchego. If betters wish can somehow pop up with a win, you've got Charton. Um, you've got uh, we You Butte. I mean, the list is goes on and on. There's about five different opportunities for Horse of the Year honors this year.
3: Yeah, certainly. It's going to be very interesting to see. I mean, Better's Wish is a compelling case, Mike, to make for him. If I mean, if he could come here and beat the older horses, uh, you know, in that the TVG Open final that's race eight on the program, I think that's uh, that's certainly a compelling case you can make for him. But once again, Sharpton, I mean, uh, you know, Certainly one of the greatest pacing mares of all time. I mean, she has really stamped herself uh, over the past couple of seasons. And, you know, her rivalry with Caviar Alley is going to be renewed in race 11. Uh, Sharpton draws post-1. Caviar Alley draws post-position number 7. And the Caviar Alley, in two of the last three starts, has gotten a leg up on uh, Sharpton. But Sharpton kind of rebounded in the Philippine invitational at Dover going 149 and 4. So it's certainly going to be very interesting. But I do think like the Sharks, it has to be front runner for horses of the year, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I would say so. She currently still has my vote. How about Captain Crunch last night at Dover Down, mm-hmm. 147 and three? What a performance wow. that was in the Hap Hanson progress pace elimination. Uh, you know, it, it was definitely something to see. And it's good to see Captain Crunch back on the engine.
3: Yeah, Captain Crunch is one of the smoothest uh, horses I've seen. I mean, just the way he goes, just the way he conducts himself on the racetrack. And obviously, <laughs> a little bit of foot certainly doesn't hurt. If you can go 47 and change in uh, in in you know in the cold weather, Mike, is what even makes it more impressive. But uh, I'll tell you what, we've got a lot of emerging superstars. It's a great time to be a Harness Racing fan. And uh, I'll tell you what, Saturday night, the Meadowlands is certainly a place to be. But before we get into our guest, Mike, how about Dave Paloma?
1: Oh, yeah, who could forget Mr. 19,000, and he's well on his way to 20,000. I think he's got four or five more wins already.
3: thats I'll tell you what, 19,000 trips to the winner's circle. I mean, that is – Mike, that's otherworldly, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I just can't imagine somebody being in the winner's circle that many times. But, you know, Dave Pallone obviously has been around a while, but you know what? He's just as good now as he was 15, 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that statement. Uh, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be well on his way to 20000 and And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where you see him on the racetrack and he never, ever, you know, never, ever gives in. He just continues to just grind away and grind away and keep doing what he's doing. And I'll tell you what, uh, he is not lacking by any sense of the word.
3: Yeah, no question about it. Well, we got lots – to come on this edition of Post-Down with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America, we certainly appreciate each and every one of will be joining us. Joe Bongiorno, uh driver, will be joining us. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Joe picked up his first Breeders' Crown win at uh, Mohawk with American History a couple of uh, – oh gosh, uh, a couple of weeks ago now. And, uh, you know, so that certainly had to be a thrill for Joe, uh, who was certainly coming into his own as a driver. So we're going to talk to Joe a little bit about uh, American history and divas image as well coming up on Saturday. Plus, of course, our good friend of the program, Mike, Tim Teacher. Do you want to talk about a driver, Mike, that has just been on a complete roll? The other day here at Harris, Philadelphia, I believe he won six or seven. Yesterday – He had
1: seven yesterday. Tim
3: Dietrich won seven out of 12 yesterday. So he's just been <laughs> – and, and, and I, I was looking. He's actually not driving today at Harris, Philadelphia, so I'm sure uh, you know, the other guys are pretty happy about that.
1: <laughs> as, Gabe, as Gabe Pruitt would say, he's got the lights on, horn blowing.
3: Yeah, no question about it. So uh, we're going to talk to Tim Tejick about his, uh, his hot streak. Plus, of course, as you can imagine, he's got a, a plethora of drives coming up on Saturday at the Meadowlands. I've got to tell you, Mike, looking over his first couple of drives in Stakes Action, he's driving some horses that he's not overly familiar with. Like yes, handle or including
1: handle over. <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> it's exactly. funny right. the same thing. Yeah, so uh, late Charles is a horse that he's really not uh, familiar with. That is in the uh, Governor's Cup Final for material two-year-old Colton Galvin, Paces, Uh In the Valley Victory, another horse that he's not really familiar with for Nick Sirk, Book 7 is a horse that he's driving. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, it's, it's some drives that he's the, the horse is really that he's kind of not familiar with. So it's going to be very interesting to see how he kind of you know answers those
1: questions. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see what he has to say about his drives. I'll tell you, he's really well-versed. He reads the program. He knows how to uh, kind of analyze the races. So we'll be talking to Tim Tietrich in a little bit. We're going to talk to our man, Shade. Andrew Dembski joins the program. We're going to talk some wagering warriors, the PHRA, and how it's taken shape at many of the racetracks across the state. And we'd be remiss, Mike, if we didn't have our girl Jessica Otten on to talk about some of the great stakes action coming up on Saturday night at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment.
3: We got a jam packed show that's coming up next. Tim Pinkett, the host of Mike and Mike, presented by America. And the USDA. Back in a moment.
4: The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspires, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspires.
5: Harness Racing is back at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment with a post-time of 7.15. Join in on our popular Guaranteed Pools. The Pick 5 starts in Race 1 with a $25,000 Guaranteed Pool. And in Race 8, the Guaranteed $50,000 Pick 4 begins. Kindergarten Finals are on Saturday, November 2nd. TVG Finals and Final Four are on Saturday, November 23rd. Visit PlayMeadowlands.com for racing and event information.
1: Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America, Mike Carter, alongside of Mike Bozich. And we're joined now by Hall of Famer, uh, I guess we can call you that now, uh, getting ready to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, Tim Teetrick. What's going on, man?
2: Hey, guys, how we doing?
1: Tim, a big night coming up on Saturday, and you know, we Mike and I were talking before we went to a commercial break, and you know, we noticed out of the first few races, there's a lot of horses that you'll be driving on Saturday that you're not necessarily familiar with. Before we dive into your drives, how do you handle that kind of pressure heading into a big stake fight?
2: Um, I just take every horse uh, you know like a grain of salt, and uh, you know, study them as much as you can. Some of the new ones that I am driving is. I've watched race over the years. It's
3: beat me enough,
2: so I've I've got a close enough view to most of them that it felt like I've been driving some of them.
3: Well, you know, Timmy uh, Mike Bozich here, and uh, I noticed uh, you're not driving anything today here at Harris Philadelphia, which is probably good news for the other guys because uh, you've been pretty much hogging the winner's circle the last couple of days there Oh,
2: there stop, Philadelphia. It, stop <laughs> it. You know seven, how it is. Sometimes seven. it's really good, and sometimes it's
3: uh, you know it's not so good for you. But <laughs> last few days have uh, yeah. been awful nice. Yeah, you've just been driving terrible lately. Let me tell you. Just <laughs> that. anyway, uh, anyway, let's uh, let's get into Saturday. Let's let's talk a little bit about Handle or Handle from the uh, the TVG Mares Final. What can you tell us about
2: it? Yeah, what what a mare she's been over her career. Uh, you know, she's beat me so many times, and uh, you know, for me as a fan to watch a race has been a cool thing, and I'm really happy the connection to give me a shot to get set behind her. I know she's not as good as she once was, but uh, it's better to be a wiser than a never, that's for sure.
1: Now, Tim, let's talk a little bit about Lake Charles. You'll drive this one for the uh for the second time for trainer Ray Schnickter. You got to drive uh Lake Charles in the Liberty Bell series out at Harris, Philadelphia. And one thing about this Colt, he seems pretty versatile. He can race on the lead, he can kind of rate from off the pace. That's something that you like to see at a young two year old.
2: Yeah, he's a nice Colt. Um, you know, I sit behind him once there and uh he, you know, he, he can go, you know. I expect him to go a big effort. He drew good. He's going to get to sit close, and you know, uh, you know, he, I wouldn't be shocked if he did jump up and win it. He's a pretty nice horse.
3: Let's uh, let's move along to the Goldsmith made uh, ten less race number six, uh, four hundred seventy-five thousand dollars first for the two-year-old Philly trotters. And uh, here's a horse you are a little familiar with, trainer Marcus Meuland,er a horse by the name of uh, Hall of M. And uh, this is a horse that, you know, obviously lived, uh, qualified well with the Meadowlands, coming off a victory in the Kindergarten a couple
2: of weeks back. Yeah, she, you know, this is a very nice filly, very talented. Uh, I, she was going to be an easy second the Kindergarten final, maybe win. And I just pushed her a little bit too much there, and she made a little speed break late there. But uh, you know, this this is a very talented filly, got high speed, and you know, I, I think she's going to be right there this after for Saturday.
1: Now before we dive into the TVG races you'll drive book 7 in the Valley Victory Stakes for trainer Nick Surick and one thing about this horse is uh that he likes to win and I think you know with with the young horses uh and I think you'll agree with me here obviously you have to teach them how to be able to race and things of that sort so when they get a bunch of winning efforts uh you know they're they're learning right thus far Exactly Mike
2: um you know when when they're confident you know they don't they can't read a program to say but you know, going into it, the horse is confident, and, you know, hopefully he's just fast enough they can go with some of the topper colts. But uh, he drew good, and, you know, hopefully we can get some luck going our way there.
3: Talking about this TVG Open final for the Pacers, uh, Endeavor was a horse that you drove last time for trainer to Jeff Colifer in the Potomac pace and was able to pull off the upset in 149-4 and four at 11-1. to one. You draw well. First of all, what did you think about that effort in the Potomac pace, and uh, what do you think about him coming uh-huh. into this one?
2: I race super there. Um, you know, he, he's the big track's good for him. He can race either way. Uh, he's got gate speed, or he can tough it on the outside. And, you know, um, definitely going to have to have a little luck go our way. But the horse is sharp right now, and uh, the Colour barn puts out good horses. So, you know, I, I think he'll be there close again. You know, uh, we're definitely going to need some luck, and things go our way. But uh, hopefully there's hot pace, and, you know, there's a couple of people knock their heads in, and we can be there to pick the pieces up.
1: Now, Tim, one of the races that could potentially uh, solidify a horse of the year for a few uh uh is race number ten. It's the T V G open trot. And you drive Guardian Angel AS, who's been kind of a mystery for Nett Lorenzen uh, this year. Um, you know, he he's been on and he's been off uh, throughout the season, and uh he looks like his qualifier anyway that if he can behave himself, he's entering into a big effort.
2: Yeah, you know, he's a very talented trotter. There's some things that went against him that, you know, explain the reasons why he's not been as sharp at some of them races. But um, everybody knows when he's on his game, he can go really fast and can can get the job done. He just, uh, again, needs a little luck. And, you know, it's hard for those, you know, those aged trotters. They're so talented and they go so fast. You know, it's hard to stay at the top of the game all year. So, you know, I think he's rounded back into form. His last start there at the Mellon's was – very encouraging for me he got home 27 and you know he's a confidence horse when he gets his confidence he he definitely performs better
3: then let's go back to the three diamonds three old Philly Pacers the horse you're very familiar with and she has really really performed super uh in her freshman campaign and that's Lion Sentinel
0: oh
2: yeah that mare has been great all year um you know they, they've done a great job with her and she's you know a nose away from winning the Breeders crown and winning eight or nine in a row but uh you know, she raced Super Dover, winning 50 down there the other night, and the Matron, and, you know, I think all systems go for
3: her. Let's talk about one of your favorite subjects in the TVG Men's final <clears> on <throat> the pace, of course, sharp ten. Uh She has obviously uh, got a really good shot to be horse of the year this year. And, uh, I mean, what more can you say about her? She is just unbelievable, the, one of the greatest, in my opinion, one of the greatest pace of news of all time.
2: Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think she uh, she already done enough to be horse of the year. Um, definitely, if she caps this win off, I think she'll guarantee it. But uh, you know, she's been great. It's been a lot of fun for me to be involved with her, and you know, I just look forward to driving her every time.
3: Tell tell us about that last race at over. She uh, obviously sub 150. I mean, on paper, it looked good. How'd she feel?
2: Awesome. You know, um, she was great. Felt uh, you know as good as she's been in a while, and.
3: You know, even when she's not top
2: of her game, she's still finishing second, pacing 49, home 26, you know, and not not being close to where she was when she was midsummer form. But um, I know I talked to Jimmy the other day, and he said she's finally acting like she is, you know, at the home, like during the week and stuff and on the track jogging and jumping off the track and stuff like that like she was. So, you know, I think she's coming back into form, and, you know, I expect her to go a really good race.
3: All right, driver Tim Teacher. But Tim, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Congratulations on your hot streak. You've seen it really well, and hopefully that continues on Saturday.
2: Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All
3: right, that was driver Tim Teacher. Always a pleasure to have on this program. Still lots left to come on this initiative. First time with Mike and Mark presented by Bet America. We're going to check in with our man Shades here in just a couple of minutes. Andrew Densky from the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. We're going to talk a little bit about that, and I, I think we touched a little bit on this when we had him on the show a couple of weeks back uh, as far as uh, handicapping goes and, and the, the kind of strategy, and I do think it's a strategy uh, on how to try to teach newcomers uh, to handicap and to get more involved in the sport of uh, harness racing or thoroughbred racing for that fact. So we're going to check into Shades and see how that initiative is going. Plus, Joe Bongiorno will be joining us, as well as Jessica Ottens. A lot's left to come on this edition of Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. back in a flash. Mike Bosich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike
1: are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun in wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers.
3: Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting game. Stay warmed up around the clock at PenHorseracing.com,
6: your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PenHorseracing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post time. Visit PenHorseracing.com today.
0: Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Family property, small wedding, hunter, gambler.
3: Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lowmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training surface in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit SouthernOakstraining.com at SouthernOakstraining.com. We're back now, folks. I'm Mike and Mike, presented by America and the USDA. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter right now is joined by our man from the... P-H-R-A. His name is Andrew Shades. Shades, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on again, gentlemen. I, you know, I got
6: to say, you guys really do bring me into some of the coolest songs. I mean, You can let Jackson Brown play all day for all I care. That's just wonderful.
3: <laughs> well, you never – you know, you don't appear to be – at least by looks anyway, I would never think you were a classic rock guy.
6: Oh, come on. I'm from Long Island. We grew up with classic rock stations. That's all we had. <laughs>
3: Well, so I'll tell you what, today would be a perfect day for your shades, my friend, because the sun is shining bright here in the booth at Harris, Philadelphia. And I have to tell you, that place happened with, with uh, announcing early in the day this time of year because the sun's in a little bit of a different spot. And i got to say, for the first three or four races, it's, it's kind of right in your eyes. So whenever you want to come on and, uh, and test the water, shades are more, more than welcome to, uh, to try to deal with the sun. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about handicapping. I know we touched on this uh, briefly the last time that we had you on the program, and I know that um, the PHRA, you know, this year has really made uh, a big attempt to, uh, to try to educate younger, newer fans on some of the nuances of handicapping, some of the bare basics of, uh, of handicapping and, and, you know, other things. Like, uh, you know, we talked about questions that new people have that us as being industry insiders kind of take for granted.
6: Right. Well, I think we're we're taking a, a you know an approach. I think some people have taken in the past. We're just taking it more aggressively. Uh, we have a new series on our YouTube channel, uh, our have to series that covers pretty much everything <laughs> you might need to know about playing the races. And uh, we're actually going to make a a little advertising push on that starting in December. So our social media is pretty strong in terms of educating fans. But really, it's kind of a a two prong approach I when there's challenges uh, to introduce fans to any gambling game. And obviously we've discussed how horse racing might seem a little intimidating, but so might a craps table or a roulette table. So uh, we really have to kind of build that general interest in it being a a sport at a day out uh, to get people to the track. And then we can move on to uh, educating the fans. And I think, Tracks with with fan education programs are really the key uh, to doing it. And I don't necessarily mean, uh, hey, there's one guy in a stand over in a corner uh, who can help answer some questions. I think they really have to take a a more aggressive approach toward approaching fans. Um, I mean, I've seen people walk into racetracks, I'm sure you have, who are just bewildered right away. And you can almost see them being intimidated before they even step you know, 10 feet inside the facility. So we have to make that a little more welcoming uh, to fans. And I think fan education programs might be the key to that. Uh, and people who are approachable are just approaching new fans, that might look a little bewildered. And uh, with the PHRA this year, as we've talked about in the past, gentlemen, we've had that Wager Warriors program where we have people at the Harness Tracks, and next year that's going to expand to the Thoroughbred Tracks. And those are people who are free-roaming who are there to help answer any questions? And I really do think those are the kind of things uh, that can really help the new fans feel less intimidated when they show up at the facility.
3: What do you think the biggest challenge is, is far, uh fan is? I mean, as like we talked about before, on and off the air, our game is pretty complex. I mean, in terms of how to wager, the types of different wagers, strategy that we want to employ with these wagers, and that's not even talking about you know, looking at the program and trying to expect what every little thing in the program means, and I mean, let's be quite honest. You know, when you look at a program for the first time, it looks like the pilots
6: Yeah, well, uh, we we even have a video uh, on how to read the program, which is good. At our website, uh, com does have an interactive guide uh, to the program. But you're right; it can be a little scary. And I think the key is uh, kind of to keep everything simple. I've advocated for years uh, people who are new to the racetrack, and the first thing I teach them are win place bets. That's really where you kind of have to start. I know a lot of people um, hear stories. Oh, my my uncle, my so-and-so went to the races, and he hit the superfecta, and he made thousands of dollars. Yeah, sure, he did that once in his 30 years of horse playing, so we kind of have to To keep people uh making bets or introducing our new players to wagers uh that are simple that they can understand that they can pick a horse and and I say you know if like I advocate win place bets if the horse finishes first or second, there you go, you're going to see some money coming back, and you can watch one horse. In your race, your horse, instead of trying to follow okay there's there's three of my four horses turning for home, maybe they'll hit the suit you know you, we really have to kind of keep things simple for our new fans uh where they can root home one horse, and you know what maybe if they they do pick a winner if they if the horse finishes second and they cash their place bet and make a few dollars, now they're not just a fan of maybe racing and they realize oh my god i I can gamble on races and I can win. Uh, Maybe maybe they're a fan of the horse. Maybe they're a fan of the driver. Maybe they're a fan of the jockey. And they have more things to follow now in the future. So I I try to advocate the most basic bets to start for people. And I know that's not a revolutionary idea by any means, but I think a lot of people – Um, they dive into the exotic bets without even knowing what an exotic bet is because they want to make a lot of money. Sure, who doesn't? I do. Um, But uh, even myself as a horse player, I think a lot of horse players are like this. Um, We know from experience that playing horses kind of goes in waves. You might get hot. You might hit a slump. And when I hit a slump, I go right back to the most basic bets I can. I throw out all exotics, and I just want to be able to prove to myself, hey, I can pick a winner, and I'm going to bet the winner. So even for myself, I go back to those angles. So I think it's important to kind of start there before we start building on any kind of crazy jargon that might confuse people. People will understand when plays show, I think, um, to start out. So I, I hope they'll understand it. And if they don't, take your time with them. I mean, I tell people this all the time that, you don't have to be uh, like myself, for instance. I'm in a position where I, I am in, for the most part, uh, a racing ambassador. I, I, I love fan education. But if you're at the racetrack and you're an experienced person, whether you're 70 years old or whether you're 25 years old, and maybe you see people having a little bit of trouble, help them out. Make a friend. That's what racing is, is all about. So, um, And you're playing against them anyway, so you might as well help them out. <laughs>
3: so, well, I think no question about it. And, that, and you know, I think that's, a part of it uh, that is really tough to explain to people is the whole paramutual aspect that you're actually wagering and competing against the guy or girl that's sitting next to you.
6: Well, you're absolutely right, and as you know, as a public handicapper for years. A lot of people who don't understand that say, why should I listen to you? Don't you work for this racetrack? Aren't you trying to take my money? Uh, no. <laughs> so that's uh, that's part of explaining it to them. We we just want you to bet. We don't really care. <laughs> you know, of course, we want you to win. That keeps you playing. But, uh, no, we just want you to play the races. Um, so it may be explaining that, uh, like, I, like I said, I try to keep things simple, and uh, that can get a little confusing, I think. But if you just tell people that, no, we're, we're going to take a piece of how much is bet, that's a pretty simple way to explain it without explaining that you are uh, betting against everybody else. Uh, so in terms of keeping people playing the races, yeah, you should listen to uh, people who are trying to help you because they want you to win because they want you to keep betting into their pool.
3: Absolutely. Well, listen, one final, time before we let you go, tell us how we can follow you on social media and uh, give a plug to you, which I think, is a very good website, the Atari website.
6: Yeah, thank you. You can visit us at TenHorseRacing.com, or follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and Facebook at TenHorseRacing. And my Twitter handle is at ShadesOnRacing. So follow us there. We're always putting out
3: uh, new content for everybody. All right, good stuff. Listen, Shades, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy, and we'll check in with you uh, in December.
6: Sounds good, gentlemen. You take care.
3: All right, that was Andrew Shades-Nemski, and uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, always a very, very interesting subject. It's actually my favorite topic to talk about in all of racing is what can we do as an industry to educate new fans about the sport of harness racing?
1: Yeah, for sure. And he brings up some really good points in the fact that, you know, we have to teach people the simple bets first, you know, we can't just dive right into things uh, like we, like we uh, try to do with the exotics and things of that sort. And he's not wrong. You know, you see people, they bet superfectives and exactas and tries on their first go. And I'm not necessarily a proponent of that. Uh, I think, you know, maybe sticking with the wind pool and things of that sort, trying to explain it to them in a uh, in a nice way, so to speak, and making sure that they completely understand uh, what they're getting into uh, is, is the way to go.
3: At Hazel Park, I'll never forget this. It was the first time that uh, my sister-in-law's ex-boyfriend ever came to the racetrack. And the uh, first bet he ever made, And and he was kind of shy, he didn't really want to – um, you know, go to a teller was pretty intimidated, so he went to a Sam machine, and uh, so I was announcing, of course, that day, and and uh, he comes back up to the booth, and I said, "Okay, well, what'd you bet? What's your first bet?" He shows me it's a ten dollars straight Superfecta. Oh my! <laughs> and uh, I said, "Well, first of all, listen," I said, "If you hit that." I don't want you anywhere around me because, you know, the pools were kind of small at Hazel Park, and the the Superfecta probably would have paid Uh. $10. (laughs) But uh, nonetheless, but no, you're right about that as far as, you know, trying to gear people to start with winning place bets. You know, they're not going to win a whole lot of money to begin with. That's certainly, you know, if they hit, which may be disappointing to some people. But you know what? It does. It gets them – it just gets them in the wagering frame of mind. I believe. And it's like, it's like the breadcrumbs. I mean, I mean, you know, you start off with win place, and then in the meantime, you see wow, exactives are paying good, trifecta's paying good, superfecta's paying good. How do I play that? So you just got to get them like breadcrumbs, you know, just interested little by little by little, like think.
1: More breaking news out of the newsroom, uh, so to speak. Courtly Choice will be retiring following his Meadowlands race on Saturday night, so we lose another. Mike Bozich. We're down. Uh, excuse me. We're up to four retirees uh, come Saturday. So Courtly Choice and the Blake McIntosh connections opting to retire their champion uh, colt.
3: All right, heard that here first, right here on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. Lots left to come in this edition. Jeff Scott will be joining us as we'll get back into the big card coming up on Saturday at the Meadowlands, plus Joe long Journal, and more. Once again, you've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA.
6: From the edge of your seat start to the white knuckle finishes, horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan, PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseracing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association.
1: Eight two extension five 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 five. We're back on this edition of host time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States trotting association and Bet America, Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and uh, Jessica Otten is standing by now. And Jessica, obviously a big night of racing action uh, coming up on Saturday night, but boy, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, the, the size for next year is dwindling quickly. Uh, we're seeing a bunch of retirees, uh, making their announcements today and, you know, obviously a lot of great things coming up at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment on Saturday night. But speaking of retirement ceremonies, you guys specifically are going to have some ceremonies for six pack and Hanalore Hanover.
7: Yeah, actually we are. Um, Hanover is going to retire after a race to the TVG mayor's final, um, She'll come back to the Winter Circle and we'll have a video tribute to her and free poster for the fans. Um, she'll be, her owners and uh, trainer and driver will be presented with um, a framed photo of her. And um, they'll, do a, they'll have a couple of words for her, um, as well as exact the same thing. Um, there won't be a photo, but there will be a handed out, um, pictured, framed um, to his owners as well. And then just a little something for McWicked uh, afterwards as well. Uh, so, And um, we'll be asking for a shoe from each one of those to put in our new Walk of Fame that's going to be going up in the building. So pretty excited to see that happen. Very,
3: very good. Jessica, Mike Bozich here. Certainly great to hear from you once again. Certainly great to hear from somebody that's done a lot for post-time with Mike and Mike over the years. But uh, this is a really, really nice card coming up on Saturday. I mean, just some great rivalries, great horses, especially for this time of year as a lot of these horses' campaigns are starting to wind down. What, is, what are a couple of the races, a couple of the horses that you're really looking forward to see come
7: Saturday? I'm really excited to see the three-year-old step it up and take on the older horses. Um, you know, Jim Pansy in the open trot, he'll be taking on the the older trotters and Manchego, the fastest female ever. I think that's going to be a great race. Um, really excited to see Better's Wish take on the older uh, pacers as well, McWicked. Um, Courtly Choice, American history. I think that one's gonna be fun to watch. As well as um we is gonna take on Charton and Caviar Alley and, you know, company like that. So I think it's gonna be really exciting to see the three year olds step it up and um compete against the older horses.
3: Mike?
1: Sorry, my mute button. <laughs> <laughs> I got my mute button new over button. here. It's always the mute uh, button. Right Anyways, but uh, lots of Horse of the Year honors coming up on Saturday night, uh, Jessica. You know, you mentioned all the three year olds that are in against some of the older horses. And one horse that we didn't get to talk about um, a little while ago was Jim Panzee. Uh He'll enter against Manchego, Guardian Angel AS and Lindy the Great, among others. But, you know, one thing about these three-year-olds taking on some of the older horses is this could completely change the spectrum for Horse of the Year. Obviously, uh, the leading contender at this point um, is probably Sharton, but the way this card is set up, this could really dictate some Horse of the Year honors.
7: Yeah, like I said a couple of weeks ago, you know, um, with a lot of the horse of the year contenders getting beat in the breeders crown final. It was going to definitely come down to the TVG. Uh, it would have been really interesting to see Green chewie even pop up here, but um, I think Jim Pansy is going to have his, his work cut out for, for him for sure. Um, he does draw the inside, which is definitely going to be to his ability, but uh, he goes up against six packs and Manchego and, and, and guardian angel as and Lindy the great. So it, it's definitely going to be a good race to see, and it'll definitely change the tactics.
3: Visiting with Jessica. And Jessica, let's uh, jump into a couple of these races. And uh, one of the races, of course, that I want to jump into is uh, the uh, Phillies and the uh, TBG Mez Open, of course, which is going to feature Charton again versus Caviar Alley. Uh, Caviar Alley, two of the last three times that uh, she faced Charton, uh, she was able to beat her. So obviously, this has been a, a great rivalry. Sharton has got the upper hands, the upper hand more times than not over Caviar Alley. Do you see anybody else maybe stepping up in here that can play forward to to, uh, those two men's?
7: I really think Warby Ubut may give them a little run for their money. Uh, She's been so sharp this last half of the season. Um, They've got her figured out where she's nice and calm on the the racetrack where, again, it can drive her. And, you know, she did throw a little bit of a flunker there and up Dover last week. But uh, just throw that line out. You're allowed to throw one line, bad start out. So I think with her drawing in the middle of those two, it's definitely going to shake things up a little bit.
1: Now, Jessica, let's talk about the uh, Valley Victory Final. It's one of the four Final Four uh, races for two-year-olds on the Meadowlands program. And you've got Amigo Volo, who really i don't want to say struggled but had some very big breaking issues that uh that he had to deal with uh he dealt with it in lexington still came back to win uh then went up to the breeder's crown elimination made a break just barely made the final before winning the following week and uh, seemed to put it all together in the matron Uh, of course in that race you also have um saint martins you've got move out of my way K. this is a really competitive field
7: yeah, it definitely is. And you know, when I was watching Amigo Volo go down at um Lexington and the back up in the Breeders Crown Elimination, it was kind of almost like when he was crowded by horses, he had like I don't want to say anxiety, but like uh he felt like maybe,
5: maybe I don't even nervous. know the
7: I'm looking for. Got, yeah, he got a little felt, nervous. Uh, okay. Yeah, he was he was nervous. He was that thing and when he didn't have that chance in the Breeders' Crown Final, and he was stepped off of the gate and on the lead before they made the turn. You know, when he was by himself alone on the front end where he could control the speed, I think that really helped him. And he did it again at Dover. Um, I think with him drawing the inside post, I really think to it is if – To his advantage, if he can leave out of the gate and and get his way on the front end, he'll definitely be um, tough to beat in here. Another one um, that we saw a couple weeks back in the kindergarten classic final was EL Ideal, uh, making it two in a row there in the final. And I thought that was a dominant performance by him. Um, Aki Sponson trains this guy. Um, Andy Miller was aboard for the win. Uh, There's definitely a lot of nice horses in here. uh, But I think those two are definitely going to be the top two in here.
3: Jessica, let's talk about the Goldsmith made finals. Senorita Rita obviously is the hot hand. She's won three straight, kindergarten champ at 153 and 2. She certainly knows the Meadowlands well. Uh, Trainer Linda Piscano Hall of Famer, driver Scott on. I mean, you've got the connections there. you got all, everything just going Senorita Rita's way right now.
7: Yeah, um, I talked to Linda before the race last week in a, in a pre-race interview, and, you know, she said she really took her time with this one. And I think that's a good thing um, with the, the Trotters, obviously. You know, it's a it's a long season for them. Um, it starts early, and it comes all the way to the end of November. And there's definitely a lot of money to be made at the end of the year. And, you know, the Kindergarten Classic was just a perfect place for this for this Philly. Um, she's coming in off of three in a row, definitely was sharp. She went gate-to-wire from post-seven last time out, Um draws inside so she's getting close to leave. I really think that this is the one to beat in here. Um, she was just so dominant in the kindergarten classic final. And a couple of weeks off to sharpen her up, one isn't going to hurt her.
1: Lions Sentinel, who was second in the Breeders' Crown, enters the Three of Diamonds following a dominating effort in the Matron. And a lot of these horses are coming over from Dover, uh, especially for the Jim King stable. But this is a really competitive field. Um, you've got Marlowe Hanover from post four for Nifty Norman. Um, you've got J.K. First Lady who's won two straight races. Then to the outside, you got Rocknificent. This is a very, very competitive field.
7: Yeah, it is. Um, this is the one of the – or the only one that had an elimination last week, a single elimination. Um, J.K. first lady came from off of the pace after being um, drug off the gate by Yannick. And, you know, she really came charging home last quarter in 26-2. And, and then it was like a three-way photo between Hen Party, Marlo Hanover, and Rock magnificent. They were all right there at the wire. So they were definitely all charging home late at the end of the mile. And um, I think it definitely shows how sharp these horses are. And then you have Lion Sentinel who's coming in off of a bye – Uh, after winning the Dover Downs um, Matron Stakes. And she's been so sharp. She's just done tremendous um, things as a two-year-old. You know, she set the track stakes and Canadian record up at Mohawk and then she's a great lady final. She's 9 for 13 on the season, hasn't been any worse than second, you know. So uh, her drawing in the middle of the pack is definitely um, nice for her. And then you have uh, Looks Good in a Romper, who also took the bye. Um, She was the Ohio Fire Stakes champion at Northfield Park. Looked like she got a little rough at Dover last time out, so maybe stretching her out to the big track may help her. And she was only beat a length in the uh, British ground Final. So definitely a, a competitive field here.
3: All right, big Mike coming up at Meadowlands on Saturday. Jessica, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Keep up the great work that you're doing over there, my friend.
7: Thank you so much.
3: All right, that was Scott, And, uh, boy, Mike, I'll tell you what, she, every, every time – You know, we talked to her, have her on this program. She just continues to get better and better and better and better.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, She's good to talk to, and she brought us some good insight uh, about some of the races coming up on Saturday night. And, you know, it's one of those things. She's out talking to the trainers. She's talking with all the drivers, trying to figure out, you know, what their tactics are going to be and things of that sort. And uh, lots of really good information.
3: Alright, still lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by America, Joe Bond. is in the on-deck circle and he will be next after this time out.
0: The
4: Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast brought to you by Twin Spires. your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country. Interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at TwinSpires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twin Spires.
5: Harness Racing is back at Meadowlands Racing and Entertainment with a post-time of 7.15. Join in on our popular guaranteed pools. The pick five starts in race one with a $25,000 guaranteed pool. And in race eight, the guaranteed $50,000 pick four begins. Kindergarten finals are on Saturday, November 2nd. TVG finals and Final Four are on Saturday, November 23rd. Visit PlayMetalands.com for racing and event information.
1: We're back of this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. We're joined now by the one and only Joe Bongiorno. And, Joe, before we dive into the uh, not-so-important TVG drives this weekend, we got to d- dive into the important thing. You're about to join me in the Married Club, my friend.
8: Yes, sir. Um, you know, it's actually uh, the countdowns. Uh, we're less than a month away, and uh, we're really looking forward to it.
1: Now, listen, you are really kind of uh, building your bankroll, so to speak, uh, heading into the wedding uh, in a couple of weeks. And, you know, your stock is rising at an exponential rate here with uh, everything that you've been doing over the past couple of weeks. Let's talk a little bit about that, and we'll start with American history and your Breeders' Crown victory. What was that like to bring home a victory
8: like that? I mean it's something uh you know I wouldn't even dream of, and uh you know just to to have the opportunity to be able to drive a horse of his caliber is uh is one thing and you know being able to actually win the breeder's crown and uh you know bring home the trophies another thing so uh you know it's just been uh it's been an amazing ride and you know unfortunately uh this will be his last start you know he's gonna go stand stud and you know for me you know it's uh you know it's sad to see him you know uh stop racing but you know, it'll be exciting uh, to drive his uh, offspring in the future.
3: Let's talk, uh, Joe, uh, Mike Bozich here, let's talk a little bit about American history coming into the race. Uh, It was a real good effort, I thought, in in defeat in the Potomac pace. I mean, had a brush to the front and uh, just went some obscene fractions there. I mean, uh, pretty much 27 quarters, that's the first, second, and third quarter, and fought really, really game to
8: the end. Even in defeat, I think you, you probably have to be happy with that effort, right? Yeah, I was happy with the horse. I mean, uh, you know, he definitely he wasn't a hundred percent. Um, you know, and that being said, he still only got beat what a quarter of a length. So, uh, you know, I'm I got a lot of confidence going uh into this race and uh I think we're you know, we drew a good spot and I think we have options from where we're at and uh you know, I'm looking forward to racing him on Saturday.
3: Mike?
1: That stupid mute button again. Uh, let's talk a little, <laughs> Joe. Let's talk a little bit about Diva's image. Uh, you'll drive this one for your sister, Jen Bongiorno. and uh, you know she she raced a lot better than what the line shows um, in the Philly and Mare Invite against Sharton uh, and Caviar Alley and Kissing in the Sand and those likes. She draws post number six, and you know she's really kind of coming back into form after having a couple of weeks off.
8: Yeah, this is a, you know, this is one of the toughest horses I've ever sat behind. Um, you know, she's just a, she's a game mare and, you know, um, th- 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 she loves the long stretch at the Meadowlands. So I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to Saturday night racing her. Um, you know, if she's, if she's on her A game, she's just, you know, she can go with all the horses in that race. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Sharton looked uh, unbelievable at Dover, her last start, and she's been pretty much unbeatable all year. But um, you know, I think Diva, you know, she'll hold her own in that race, and uh, I'm looking forward to racing her.
3: Yeah, of course, uh, she pulled off uh, a humongous upset uh, last year, and uh, I'll tell you what—that certainly had to be a thrill for you. <laughs> she come roaring down the stretch to win that one.
8: Yeah, I mean that was uh, unbelievable to be able to win the Golden Girls with her last year, and you know, beat a horse like Charton uh, was, you know, unthinkable, and. You know, I am uh, I think on Saturday, I think she's, you know, rounding back into form right now. And, you know, like you said, she was loaded her last start at Dover. And I think she's going to be really, you know, good uh, with the long stretch.
1: Now, Joe, what has it been like for you uh, to kind of do everything that you have this season? Obviously, uh, lots of big things going on in your life, but you brought home a Breeders' Crown. You brought home some pretty decisive victories uh, for yourself. What does that mean to you in your
8: young career? You know, I'm just very, very thankful. Uh, You know, I've been given a lot of great opportunities from, you know, all different trainers, and, um, you know, I'm just very thankful. And, you know, it's like I said, it's nothing I even could dream of at this age. And, you know, I just – I've been given good opportunities, and I'm just trying to make the most of them. All
3: right. Well, Joe, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Best of luck to you uh, in marriage, of course, first and foremost. But uh, best of luck to you certainly coming up on Saturday.
8: Thank you guys very much. All right, that was driver Joe
3: Bongiorno. And uh yeah, he's uh he's gonna be a part of the, the the married men's club, Mike.
1: Yeah, he's gonna join the uh the married club, so to speak. So uh congratulations to him and Melissa. Great story, by the way, on uh on his future bride to be as she won her first mutual race at Yonkers Raceway um uh, about a week or so ago. So congratulations to them.
3: Yeah, that's a very good story. Uh, check it out if you can on your astronomy. Com. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up when we come back. You've got host time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USCA. Back in a moment.
0: The
4: Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twin Spires, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker. Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twin Spires.
3: Mike Bosich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike
1: Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun in wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. All right. Special thanks to everybody for taking time out of their busy day to join us here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the USTA and Bet America. Lots of great things coming up, including the Post Time with Mike and Mike Award nominations. We'll start accepting them next Thursday. We'll have more information. For more information on that and the rest of the show, visit posttimewithmikeandmike.com.